Hey everybody, Cino here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like Kanye West, not really sure what to do with all that power. Today is episode 200, so I mean, I don't want to like make it a big deal, but it's a big deal. <laughs> uh, you know, I like celebrating milestones, but at the same time, I'm like, all right, this has got to be like another episode also, because uh, we got to keep moving. You know, I love... I love the process of creating this show, which is why there are so many episodes. I love that there are so many things to talk about. I love changing up like the theme song and getting hype about it every time, uh, thinking about what new topics I can talk about, what new guests I can bring on, what new things that we can go about uh, addressing. And this is just like a natural therapeutic outlet for me too. So there's like... I'm both surprised and not at all surprised that we've made it to 200 episodes. So I just wanted to quickly thank you for that. Thank you for your support, for being here, for listening to this, for being, you know, as rad as you are. And I hope that you have grown in some way by listening to this show. Um, But if not, you know, you're at least enjoying the ridiculousness that happens uh, at the top of the show. (laughs) So 200 episodes, it's amazing, but we're just going to keep going, you know, um, Today, what was I going to talk about today? Today was going to talk about, um, <laughs> see, we're treating it like every other episode because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I was thinking about it for a week and I was just like, should I do some like special topic or something? But every time I thought about it, I was just getting arrested by it. And I was like, I don't know. So we're just going to do a topic that I can just think of and, and just, you know, not try to treat it like anything special. Um, I am a little bit because I think when we come after the intro, I'll talk a little bit about how... Uh, this show has helped me with like speaking and therapy and getting comfortable and learning more about my individuality and all that stuff. But I think the main topic we're going to talk about today is uh, a conversation that I got involved with recently where somebody was claiming to use the cure quote unquote for depression as a marketing tactic. So we're going to talk about using depression within marketing and uh, how that can be dangerous. So let's, uh, Click the button, do the thing, and enjoy the second hundredth intro. Yeah. Drums, so again thank you for listening to this show for as long as you have i know the numbers have been growing slowly we broke records for august this is still not over and today actually is we're we're breaking the record for the most listens in a month which is a little bit over 5000 uh 5200 ish so thank you for that thank you so much uh, and i feel really flattered that we're continuing to grow this show uh we're going to try to get it on more networks and we're going to try to get more listeners and um let me know if you like the interviews that I was doing because, like, I don't have any more lined up. I don't plan to do more interviews unless I can come up with someone that's, like, really interesting to talk to. Uh, I want to be just a little bit pickier for my own energy's sake. And for you guys, I want you to have um, interviews that are actually interesting and not just someone who's trying too hard to promote their stuff. You know, it becomes really a tricky balance. So, um, I wanted to talk real quick before we dive into the main topic a little bit about how this show has helped me with my personal growth. Um, for me, 
I've been learning a little bit more about how I can be natural, how I can speak more naturally, how I can more confidently and comfortably be myself. Because I think that's what people appreciate about this show, right? Is that I can just be me. I'm not trying to be something different. I'm not trying to be overly prepared or underprepared. I'm just talking about things that I know that I've been thinking about and, and pontificating and sharing. And I'm just incredibly flattered that people like to hear me ramble. <laughs> and and then that feels great. But it's along with like learning Myers-Briggs and working through my mental health and doing this show, I've been learning that I can, that I can be myself and that I can strengthen that, that I don't need to be a falsified version of myself. I don't need to fake it till I make it. I was faking it, but on my terms, I wasn't really faking it. Honestly, I was, was learning to develop a show and develop a voice and develop a brand as I went. That wasn't faking it. That was just me showing you the process. That was me being transparent. And it has really culminated in having this show that feels like it's me and it's, and it's an extension of me. And, um, I'm grateful that people appreciate that. That is incredibly validating and affirming, and it makes me feel like I'm not crazy, and I love it so much. So that's what I really love about these past 200 episodes is the ability to feel like people enjoy it and that people like who I am, and they're learning something. And I'm able to share what I know by in, but indirectly helping people at the same time like that's that's like the perfect recipe because I don't want to I don't want to be a therapist I don't want to sit and listen to someone's problems I want you to uh, to willingly hear the information that you want to hear from me and do with it what you will because that's your responsibility and if I can be a part of that that's amazing but if you need to go somewhere else and get some more woo woo stuff or or have someone you know, tell you nice lovey dovey things all the time, then go find someone that will do that. That's not me. Um, but I appreciate that I can be myself, that I don't have to pretend to be, you know, talking about spirituality when it's not my bread and butter. Uh, you know, so I have this freedom to be myself and I have this freedom to, to learn about being a better public speaker, to, to not worry so much. It's helped me to not worry so much generally it's helped me to not worry about like the ums and ahs and the fact that people appreciate my show be even in spite of that uh and will just listen to me talk <laughs> like that's great i love that so much um so it's helped me really be in tune with who i am continue to be who i am to speak more comfortably to speak about the things that i want to talk about and you know continue to try to find ways to make that helpful and interesting so um this is just kind of an extended thank you really because being, you know, I, I love the process. I love being able to do this, but there's always a part of it where you're looking at the numbers and you're hoping that someone's listening and you guys are listening. I, I would love more feedback. Honestly, I would love more like messages and being able to interact with the audience and have people ask me questions and things like that. But I totally respect that, you know, you're just like listening in the car and you're not worrying about it. So that's totally cool too. So um, yeah, let's move on to the next segment where we can talk a little bit about marketing uh, and the misuse of depression in marketing. Okay. So um, this, this really came up for me. I think it was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. I was um, so I've been kind of ramping up my communications on Facebook and whatnot. I'm trying to, I, let's be real. I'm trying to get money. 
<laughs> I'm trying to get sponsors. I'm trying to get uh, design clients. I'm trying to get people to buy my courses. And um, that involves communicating with people and sometimes dropping knowledge and sometimes asking things of people um, to check out certain things or whatever. And there's, um, I don't remember what group it was. It was probably one of the, like the podcasting groups that I follow. And we were, it was just a situation where I was speaking to this person. Uh, somebody posted uh, like a general thing about like, how can I better, I don't remember what he said. He said something about like, how can I spread my message about how I can help people improve their health and cure their depression. And all I replied to, all I commented was to not use the phrasing cure depression, cure their depression. Um, certainly it's amazing that people want to help people. They want to make people feel better about their lives. They want to help people to grow. They want to help people to be healthier, to engage with their families, to have a better career, to feel fulfilled, to feel successful, etc. But it comes with the caveat of making sure that you're not telling people a lie or misdirecting them to something that could be eventually more harmful. So I simply asked um, if he could not use that phrasing in his marketing materials and find another way to, uh, to approach it. And I understand how he would get to that point. Um, him and I didn't have a discussion back and forth. He was like, okay, cool. But there was somebody else that chimed in. And they started saying how like, you know, depression is really about like your gut and cleansing and blah, 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 blah. And I said, there's just no science behind that. You can't say that. You can't say that it cures depression. Those are things that you can consider and think about and try to help improve your physical health and in turn improve your day-to-day -day mental health. But it's not a cure for depression. There's no scientific cure for depression. Um, it is it is cold, hard facts in that sense. And um, it is dangerous to tell someone that you can cure their depression. So before even addressing the marketing aspect of it, saying that you can cure someone's depression is dangerous because someone could buy your product. Someone could buy your service. They could do training with you. They could learn how they could improve their health. But if they, they go through a bout of a week, two weeks, a month, two months of covering up their depression with all of these positive vibes and feelings and good physical feelings and things like that. And then they crash and they feel something devastating or dealing with some sort of depth of like the depression just sneaks up on them again. That could drive them immediately to suicide. And that is incredibly dangerous. So I feel like it, it is important to make sure that we clarify and again, be impeccable with our word. As I talked about in our four agreements episode to make sure that you're using your words wisely to cure depression is inaccurate and irresponsible. When I, I do everything that I can on this show to be very clear about everything that I talk about, I try not to recommend medication or pills or a way of life. Um, I'm not trying to tell anyone what they should do or what they should be because not only is it legally irresponsible, but is morally irresponsible to tell someone that there is a cure for depression when there is not. It is, it is unsafe. It is unhealthy. It is the same kind of advice that comes from someone who says like that, first of all, assumes that depression is sadness. And then second of all, he says, you're feeling depressed, go for a run. 
I can't even lift my leg out of bed, let alone go for a run. What are you talking about? <laughs> and I want to break that down in a future episode, talk about all of the, um, the bad advice that we get about depression. Um, because there's, there's, I, I posted that in our group once dopamines.support. Um, if you go there, you can join our Facebook group. And I asked that question, like what kinds of advice have you heard that is like uninformed advice? And uh, so I want to do an episode on that at some point. But uh, to talk about curing depression is, again, irresponsible and inaccurate. Inaccurate is probably the first thing that you should consider, the fact that it's just not true. And, you know, in that conversation I had with that person, she used some of the words like, well, I believe that this is true. And I'm like, belief has no scientific weight. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, like, and honestly, I think some of the misconceptions happen when someone feels that what they feel is depression, or maybe it's, um, I don't want to say momentary depression, but it was something that was triggered by something, meaning you lost a family member or you're going through grief of some kind or something that was unique to an experience or it's a lot of loud cars in this area. <laughs> um, I'm sure you can feel me look out the window with like a with death stare. <laughs> I'm in an apartment. This is what happens. It's fine. Um, so I, I think what happens when people feel like they can cure depression or feel that they have a cure for depression is that they are mistyping depression. Like they're miscategorizing depression. They are saying that depression is linked to a momentary feeling that they've had um, when they've experienced loss or um, lost a job or something like that and have gone through this long stretch of time, you know, weeks, months, years, even that they've had to deal with this linked to a specific moment and that they were able to work through that uh, past that moment to eventually resolve their grief or to resolve whatever, um, you know, whatever baggage there is connected to that specific moment. And they call that period of time depression. Um, but it might have more nuance to that. It might be grief. It might be sadness. It might be more things. And that's hard to self-diagnose. It's hard to say that this is depression versus, um, you know, something that is attached to something. Because depression, as I describe it, or as I know it to be, is a feeling of flatness and not wanting to exist and generally lower energy and all of that stuff connected to nothing. You just wake up and feel that. It's brain chemistry. And I, I think that is where the disparity comes. I think that is where these coaches and trainers feel like they can give this kind of advice. They say like, I can cure your depression because I fixed myself. And <clears throat> I think, I think it's important to separate those things. Like it, it's, it, you could help someone through grief or you could help someone deal with improving their life from a depressive state of being, you know, lethargic or something or, or unmotivated or something like that. But, but none of that is clinical mental chemical depression. So it's like there needs to be a term there that separates the two a little bit more clearly. Because if you haven't experienced true depression, and I hate to say true depression, like I'm an elitist about depression, but it's about separating the definition. Um, depression being chemical 
has nothing to do with simply just eating better and being better. Certainly being better and eating better and exercising and having fewer stresses in your life and improving all of that stuff is going to improve your chances of having a better experience and keeping yourself from ending your life. But it is not a guarantee and it is not a cure. So that's the clarity that I want to provide. And I want to steer people away from when using the word depression and especially using the word cure and depression in the same sentence uh, and, and finding a way to separate that from the referencing of lethargy and being unmotivated and, you know, a connection to grief or despair or, um, you know, divorce or loss of a loved one in any kind of way. Those are very different feelings. One has a cause that is emotional and another has a cause that is chemical. So it is, they are different things. And I think that is important to separate out and think about your responsibility as a person when you are a trainer or someone that is teaching this sort of thing to, to, to be clear about it's responsible to be clear about that and separate the two. Um, I, I, I was listening, actually I have to go back and listen to the naturopathic episode that happened yesterday because there might be some of that in there and I need to address it because <laughs> I was thinking about it and I was like, uh, some people have issues with that sort of thing. So again, I'm trying to be as responsible as I can to make sure that I'm not recommending like pills or anything that's dangerous to someone or being inaccurate because part of what I like to do is like, I live in the abstract in this episode or in this show rather, but I do the best that I can to be clear about the things that I know. I'm, I'm going to try to not talk about things that I don't know about basically. So it's, it's a little bit scary uh, to, to tread that ground and I would not do it if I didn't think I could do it. <laughs> so it's, it's important to, and I'm not saying that people who are trainers in health and all of that stuff are wrong in any kind of way for trying to approach the subject, but understand that as you dive deeper, your responsibility grows, that you have to be careful that your, the way that you speak about things has an effect on people. The way that you, if you can convince someone to ignore their depression, that's going to have an adverse effect. So it's important to continue to work through this and to not treat depression as something that can go away because as far as we know, it doesn't and it doesn't for me, it hasn't for me. So, um, you know, maybe I'm not eating enough. I don't know. Maybe I'm not drinking enough kombucha or something. I don't know. I don't drink kombucha at all. That sounds gross. I don't know what it is, but it sounds weird. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, point being that, like, just be careful. I understand how, I understand how a marketer can make that connection. I understand how you can, if you're trying to attract people who need improvement in their life, if again, if they're unmotivated, if they're uh, unhealthy, they're sad, they don't exercise, they don't have a relationship, they don't have fulfillment, they don't have support, they don't have um, a, a calling or a, a feeling of success. You know, those are the things that you're trying to appeal to. Those are the, the, the qualities of a person that you're trying to appeal to. And all of that for the uninformed sounds like depression because a lot of people misinform are misinformed about depression and assume that depression equals sadness. And that is not 
That is not the case. That is not even remotely the case. I mean, it could be remotely the case, but it's not the case. It is, it is about a flat feeling. It's about no emotion more than it is about sadness. So it's really, when I see someone who is promoting that within their health program, it is important to, you know, I, I assume that they just haven't done enough research. And they're trying to figure it out. I can't fault them for trying to figure it out. I think it's a responsibility for all of us to say, hey, don't say that there's a cure for depression. And, um, you know, that comes with the desperation of trying to make money. You know, they're trying to get clients. They're trying to make money. I understand. I empathize with that feeling. I empathize with the desperation of trying to make money, of trying to appeal to people, of trying to sell things. I totally understand. But just take the extra moment and think about the words that you're using. Think about how that it could affect people and think about beyond yourself just a little bit. That's all. Um, so if you're living, I would love to hear if you're someone who lives within this world of like health and wellness and you're a trainer or you're a teacher of any kind of thing like that. Um, especially if you're a personal trainer, a health coach, a motivational coach, anything like that. I would love to hear from you about whether or not you've used this wording and I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to say anything about your values. If you've used this in the past, especially if you've learned from it. Um, I'm very, very curious about whether or not this is a tactic you've tried to appeal to um, a, a demographic rather you've tried to appeal to how um, if you've used that wording cure for depression and if there's, you know, how you've found ways to subvert that, to find different wording, to rewire your understanding. And if it caused you to do a little bit more of a deeper dive into, um, you know, learning more about depression in, in, in itself so that you can actually coach someone. And I guess that's another angle too. Like if you're good at what you do as a coach, then this one's going to be a little bit of a jab. I apologize in advance. No, no, I don't apologize. <laughs> uh, if you know what you're doing as a health coach and a trainer, you're going to know the difference between depression and a lack of motivation. Let me say that one more time. If you're a legit pro at what you do when it comes to health and wellness and training, you are going to know, and they are going to know if you're a person who is the trainer or looking for a trainer, they are going to know the difference between mental health, mental illness, depression, and just simply being unmotivated or unfulfilled. They're two very different spectrums. They are a fork in the road. They split. They go in the same direction. They go forward if you're working through it and working on it. But they are very, very different things. And I think that is important for you as a listener to consider if you're looking for someone to coach you, to be a therapist, to look for some way to like you know, give you medication of any kind. Um, but also to consider that as a coach, like you should look further into mental illness and learn the clear separations. And if what you're referring to when you refer to depression is actually sadness and low energy and uh, not being motivated and not having connections and social connections and things like that, a lifestyle thing, um, you know, to, to look into different wording and, and really dive deep, deep into that. This, this podcast can help. I mean, I'm not a clinical person. I'm not going to give you a lot of in-depth information, quote unquote, but I'm more of a theoretical philosophical type. So 
that could at least help you start to get there and start to do your own research and, and learn a little bit more. So uh, that's it for this episode. I really appreciate you guys listening and sticking around for this one. Um, and if you're a coach and you're insulted, I'm sorry, but sorry, not sorry. Like you should know better. I'm sorry, but I'm not, I'm sorry, not sorry. Um, so go to dopamine.life, subscribe to the show. You can also support this podcast on anchor.fm slash dopamine. And, um, if you're listening on iTunes, please leave a review. Um, I would love some reviews and support and really trying to push this podcast to the stars. I really want to get this thing moving a little bit more as we start to gain some traction, trying to get some sponsors. I want to make this a thing that I wake up and do every day. I really, really do. I love it. I enjoy it. I'm, it's helping you guys. And, um, I want to bring, be able to, to reach more people, to have more people on and, um, you know, just do good things. So, do the best that you can. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I'll catch you on the next episode of Dopamine. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to Dopamine and providing your support for this show. I really, really appreciate it. If you really love this show, leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher to show some love for the podcast. You can also check out cnote.media to check out my work and my courses. But um, with that, we'll catch you next time. See you guys later.